by Job Talks podcast members and guests are not representative of any department, organization, or city. Hey, what's up, everybody? Will here from Job Talks. We are back in the studio with uh, my buddy Mike Matros. Got a good episode for you today. Uh, please don't forget to check out our stuff, like subscribe to our channel, and we'll get right into it. Mike, how you doing, man? Doing good. Doing good. Getting ready for uh, the madness month away or so. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we're here to talk about today. So uh, real quick, do you want to just give us a, a, a background about yourself? So uh, I've known Mike for, Jesus Christ, how long have I known you now? Well, like 10 years or so? Yeah, 10 years at least. Yeah. yeah. So I've known Mike for, for quite a while. Um, we used to work on neighboring departments and, uh, and Mike started up the Heroes Cup hockey tournament. And so we're going to get into that. But uh, before we do, Mike, yeah, let's give us a, a background about you, how you got into the fire service, what you do, how long you've been in the works. Yeah. So I've been, um, let's see, where to start. So um, I've been in the fire service for about 20 years right now. Uh, so I was in Dudley, went to Lincoln, and then now i am uh, been in Sudbury, and that's where I'll retire. Um, started the Heroes Cup because I was running a marathon for my Kennedy after he passed away. Ultimately, Sudbury Fire, along with the guys that work with us in neighboring towns, started a fundraiser just so I could run my marathon efforts. Uh, that was a single game against Framingham. It turned out to be so well, which ultimately that's kind of where um, you know a lot of our connections really started tying in. Will, where um, during that time, the group Escape for 22 reached out and said, hey, we have a bunch of military guys. We're happy to... Uh, give you guys a tune-up game, whatever it might be, and and honestly, that became really kind of a kind of a cool idea in the sense of I think we closed down the bar a couple nights. I think we had a lot of fun together, and I really really got to meet these guys and realize that we have you know a lot of stuff in common. And meanwhile, it was it was a good network and good brotherhood to the point where I said we need to make this a tournament next year so we can bring in all these teams, we can have all these connections, and we can have a weekend where fire, police, military, EMS from around the world get together for all for the same reason, play hockey and have some fun. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it becomes a, a, a world of its own. And, you know, and, and that's kind of where the Heroes Cup was born. And that's what it's evolved into to the point where now the Heroes Cup is the largest first responder hockey tournament in the world. Uh, it has over 100 teams of fire, police, military or EMS background. We're the only tournament that's exclusively fire, police, or military. In fact, the only way you can get in this tournament, unless you hold one of the coveted one civilian positions per team, is is to be part of that rank. So that's kind of created this whole little world of its own. And, you know, us as a host organization want to help a broad spectrum of administration, the fire service, or fire, police, military, whatever it might be. Um, that's kind of what evolved into my other business, the world of some of the cancer work we were doing realized that dirty gear was essentially you know killing the fire service so in some of the efforts we were funding extractors and stuff for local towns and cities and realizing that we can't run enough hockey tournaments to fix this problem because ultimately gear still has to be sent out still has to be professionally cleaned the equipment we're providing may or may not have been used properly and um when my own chief, that gear's got to get sent out to be cleaned, I was all for it because of the cancer work we were doing for my profit. But then at the same time, he's like, your gear is going to be gone three to four weeks. And chief, come on, that's not acceptable. Let's uh, let's do a little better than that. We're the, we're the fire service. We work in minutes, not weeks. So um, that's kind of where Redline is born. I, I realized that, you know, out of 
all the companies in the U.S. who are certified to clean gear for mobile solution. They're all brick and mortar, and it's pretty amazing. So, not Redline is producing. Redline's a nationwide company. We have locations across the country. We provide both on-site gear cleaning as well as advanced inspection for U.S. clients. And that's all been kind of the trend of my history. Me to wear the multiple hats I do today. Whoo, lots to unpack there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's let's bring it back a little bit to version. to where. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the elevator pitch. That was good. That was like three minutes, and we're wrapped up. Um, <laughs> I want to bring it back a little bit. So, so you're right. So, I think you and I started started uh, talking. Um, I used to work for a veterans charity. Um, that provided free hockey for veterans. And we linked up with the team that you had playing in, and that's kind of how we got started. And I remember um, this was shortly after the Kennedy and Walsh line of duty duty deaths in Boston. And um, I remember we talked uh, a little bit, and one of the things that you had said was that, that as firefighters, we rarely get together in big groups for positive things, right? So usually when we, when we're having big, big events, it's, it's guys who died on the job or some other form of sad event. So what about, what about that? Like brotherhood meant something to you and wanted you to like, to, to pursue this as like bringing guys together for something more positive. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think, I think you summarized it pretty good. I mean, ultimately, you know, any, any firefighter will tell you, you know, a firefighter uh, funeral brings in hundreds of thousands of people, right? Well, I also saw some of my friends I've seen that work around the world at funerals, and, and we had a good time where a funeral became something, this is going to sound kind of crazy, but something you kind of look forward to, right? Because not that you want to ever see a funeral, and that's the, the part that's kind of crazy to say, but you want to see the support, you want to see the brotherhood, you want to see that that the brotherhood is very much alive and you want to see that you can meet friends from around the world, sit at a bar and never interact with them in life. And all of a sudden you guys, you share a lot of mutual ground. You share a lot of connection points. You share, you can sit and I can sit at a bar next to anybody, any firefighter and strike up a conversation. And, you know, it turns out we're going to have the same issues. We're going to have the same, same uh, shift that we're complaining about, ah, you know, whatever, A shift, B shift, whatever it might be. Those guys never like to do the chores. You know, all the same job talk that we're always, uh, you know, joking about, right? Those issues partake everywhere. But at the same time, yeah. like, you know, we bonded over a funeral at a funeral. And while the funeral is the ultimate sacrifice from the job, at the same time, you wish that the person who died could see and I hope they can, right, um, see the result in the overall support of the brotherhood. And you see how people who don't know you, who people who have never met you in your life, people who don't know your family, who people who live on the opposite side of the country use their own funds, their own finances to fly across the country, to stand outside in the pouring rain, just to salute your casket as you drive by. That's probably the most powerful statement anybody could ever make about brotherhood, right? And yeah. Find me one family that will, if if you if you called any anybody right and said, "Hey, your tenth cousin, unrelated to you, you know, far down the family line, passed away. They're in California. They're they're waits this weekend. You're probably gonna say, I got something going on this weekend. Oh man, I didn't even know that person. I wish I knew him. Whatever it might be, right? You're probably not gonna go out of your way 
send a lot of money flying across the country. You're probably not going to do that. But at the same time, a guy from a fire department dies, and it's a firefighter doing his job, and he dies in the line of duty, and you say, we'll never forget. We'll be there. And that is probably one of the most powerful statements that I think, in my mind, resonates, right? Like, it's, it's really kind of cool that that exists and, you know, that level of brotherhood. Yeah. And that's something that I want to have. I want to have that party. I want to have that event to fly across the country and see my friends. Right. And uh, like, I'll, I'll just to relate that a little bit to like the military side of it. When you join the military, you get thrown in a unit and you get guys that are from all over the country, right? All over the place. And you, you become this like really tight knit group of people. And then when you get out, everybody goes back to their hometown and you stay, you know, in communication. Now social media has been a big help with that. And, but some of those guys, the first time I saw them after getting out of the military was because, you know, one of the guys that had stayed in and redeployed had been killed or whatever the case was. And you realize you get these guys together and it doesn't matter how much time has passed. Right. It feels like you, you saw them yesterday and it's like a big, and I, and I, I 100% understand what you're saying. Nobody wants a funeral which is why having something like this is so important. But that connection, that reconnection every time is so reinvigorating, right? And now, I mean, seven years yeah. later, I mean, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing some of my closest friends. It comes to the point where, like, yeah, there's yeah. 1,500 hockey players and all the people, but I feel like I know all of them, <laughs> which is really kind of cool. Yeah. How on uh, just out of curiosity, what is the uh, like percentage of the seventh year now of returning teams versus or even if the team isn't the same, you see the returning people versus like new people. Are you still constantly picking up new teams? Yes, um, to add to both. So there's a core group of people that have been there since year one and they've never missed a year. And there's uh, people that have come and gone and take a year off in between. They come back and they're still very connected. And then there's also new teams that say we came across this and, you know, we want they come to the event and they're just totally overwhelmed when they walk in a building with 10 hockey rinks and, you know, a mile long parking lot full of motorhomes and what whatnot, you know. Right. Right. I've definitely been guilty of uh, renting an RV and and uh, putting a speaker in a fire pit outside and having a good time that weekend. <laughs> Not a bad thing. Um, no, not at all. Um, and, and one of the other things I think is, is really unique about the tournament that I think we should hit on is that um, is that teams have the ability to play for their own charities, right? So oftentimes we do this charity work and you have a host charity. Maybe talk a little bit about how you got connected with them. Obviously, that that goes back to the Back Bay Fire and those line of duty deaths. But, but yeah. then maybe you want to tell us a little bit about how the teams are able to play for the charities that they care about, which I think is awesome. So, so our platform is kind of an interesting one um, in that regard because when I wanted to get together and have a tournament and stuff, I didn't quite have a charity in mind. It wasn't, it wasn't a one particular cause I was passionate about as much as getting guys together for the right reasons. With that, then the next part comes, well, how do you incentivize these guys to come in and do good. And ultimately, the one thing that's really cool about the marathon, because it's not the running, I can tell you that much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the one thing that's really cool is it's one event, one platform that gives so much to so many different charities. That's kind of cool, right? Because 
now the Boston Marathon yeah. Association is fronting the cost of running the event, doing everything. All that person has to do is put their effort in. And they're putting their effort in both as running as well as the harder part is the fundraising. They're they're lobbying. They're telling people they're trying to hit their personal goals. And they're trying to do something that, you know, they, is, is a, a life achievement. But meanwhile, they're doing that while, um, you know, raising money for a good cause. So, you know, that platform is kind of cool. That doesn't really exist in hockey as it should. So here's one big event. You know, we have right. all the ice, we have all, all the facilities. And meanwhile, you know, Skate for 22 is an unbelievable organization. And the work they're doing for veteran suicide prevention is phenomenal. You know, there's so many phenomenal organizations. And how do you say no to any of them? So the platform kind of evolved to the point where teams have a fundraising fee. Just like you would if you're running a marathon, you have a marathon fee. You know, every runner has to pay. I forget what the fee is now. It's like whatever. I had to run, you know, it's no short fee, but at the same time, that's minimal money compared to charity. So every team pays their team fee, and then everything they raise above the team fee goes to their charity, just like it would be if the marathon. So, you know, when I raised when I had the first $500 I paid, anything, you know, I raise additionally goes to my charity. And that's kind of the way we try and market for most teams you know, are paying their team fee and doing it in a platform that they could share and promote to everybody. And then anything they raise above their team fee is going to their charity, which, you know, has been something we um, really built on. And we've fine-tuned over the years. For example, like this year is our first example of, like, making a, a donation requirement higher. And, and what, that's, what that's done is it's sparked a lot of teams to raise even more money from their organizations. Instead of saying, hey, we're going away for a weekend and we raised, you know, we're making it so teams are raising $2,500 for the charity and we're finding that teams are very receptive to that and you know ultimately at the end of the weekend there'll be checks ranging from I think our top fundraiser right now is well north of 40 grand so you know that charity will be getting a $38,000 plus check to them based off a team coming out to Marlboro and playing hockey for the weekend like that's that's really kind of cool because it's funding their cause is both on and off the ice. It's giving them a platform to raise their money. It's not having them pay for all their event costs and pay for everything. If they were to set up a fundraiser event of their own, i.e. a comedy night or any any number of fundraising things, that, that there's going to be significantly more costs involved than a team fee at a tournament. So these guys are raising money for a charity. Well, meanwhile, they're also having that weekend away. They're having that time with the guys that much needed you know, connection points that we talked about earlier. It's like the ultimate win, win, win. Yeah. And I think, I think it's, it's huge because like you get teams, not only like, obviously there are a lot of local teams in the Metro Boston area that go, but you get teams from all over the country and like a charity that's important to me here isn't going to be important to the guy that's coming from South Dakota. You know what I mean? Not that the cause won't be important, but when you can, when you can bring in, especially, you know, we talk about the majority of the, the fire services, smaller departments. It's not the big cities, right? These guys are close to people in their hometowns and causes in their hometowns. And when they yeah. can actually give back, like we listen, that's, that's like a thing in the fire service. We love to give back when we can. And so when we when we can do that on a local level, that feels really, really good for people, I think, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, you talk about what got me into the job. Well, that's that's the part to me that is is the most eye-opening part of the job that these guys who give their life, i.e. 
you know, literally or physically in the sense of their time and their, you know, what they're doing. They're taking a job that doesn't pay that great. And they're giving, you know, filling a life calling as opposed to more of a career like that doesn't just stop work. I still want to give money. I still want to do more and more and more and help more. That's such an unbelievable group of people you Anybody's got that. Yeah. And, and it also, uh, like, <clears throat> aside from raising money, brings people together. So, like, Johnny Johnny's running uh, the Job Talks team this year, and we got people from all over the state, John, right? Yeah, we got a bunch. We got a, we got people from everywhere. We scraped them up from everywhere. We tried, <laughs> uh, we tried, we tried uh, recruiting from our own departments as best we could, but it seemed like everybody else was, the, was either already skating or they retired. So yeah, hard, I, hard to I, I hard to collect people from more stuff, right? already. So like I yeah, think those rosters yeah. that are mixed rosters and made up of people all over the country or all over the state, whatever region you know is is the cool part because. Now you have guys, you put out an email and said, hey, we're looking for a couple of hockey players. You may or may not know them, but you're looking for bodies at that point. Well, after a weekend of hanging out in the locker room, right. you're going to be friends with that dude. Like, you're going to know his number. You're going to talk to him. You're oh, going to yeah. see him all the time. Hey, next yeah. time you see him on a fire, hey, what's going on? Like, it's wild. Like, the bond that's formed through hockey. Right. That's so cool. Yeah. And, that's, and I think that, again, that's something special with the fire service. So I can tell you that I haven't met half of the people that are on this this hockey roster. But all these guys are going to show up. They're going to get in the locker room together. They're going to drink beers. They're going to have a good time. They're going to be friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, not a lot of other organizations exist where you just can. People are just willing to thrust themselves into that environment. You know what I mean? Like that's a that's a that's a pretty rare thing. No. And like, I, like I I want it to be said. Like we're talking specifically about the Heroes Cup hockey tournament because that's what we're we're here to talk about and promote. But but the overarching theme of this episode is brotherhood, right? Brotherhood and sisterhood yeah. is like bringing people together and keep it, keeping alive the culture um, of the fire service, and, and that culture is being there for each other, being there for our communities. You know what I mean? Like it's a pretty yeah. it's a pretty yeah. awesome thing that's been built, yeah. and uh, it started like you said seven years ago with two teams, and then it was like fifty teams that second year, right? And then just went up from yep. there. Yep. Yeah. This year we're. Sold and now out. you have. Uh, What's up? Yeah. And and now you have the uh, now you have the the Bruins that want to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how. I mean, they've been a part. They've been a part of it for a while, and you know we'll see how everything transitions out, what it looks like. But I mean, this year will be our biggest year yet. We turned away twenty, I think twenty eight teams this year with our capped out roster, right around hundred teams. I mean, that's the most we can handle. A tournament so that was good because that drove the ability to make sure people you know got their dues in and stuff and all the things considered and that stuff. it's not so glamorous about running an event um, right, right. Care and people understand that. but at the same time if someone's not willing to follow the steps and play by the rules well this guy in line is. yeah yeah absolutely and you, and and unfortunately you kind of have to turn people away and i don't know like this would be a pretty hard, uh, hard thing to accomplish anywhere else in the country if you didn't have the resource of of this particular skating rink, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Having a, having a place that has ten ranks in under one roof, let alone a massive parking lot, a license. Let's be honest, that's a big part of it. Um, having, having that yeah. resource. In my hometown of Marlboro, 
something I took for granted my whole life as a uh, youth hockey player, and I just interesting. But from a tournament director standpoint, a lot of people look at what we do, and, and nobody yeah. could possibly pull us because because of the infrastructure. Building is hundred thousand square foot building just dedicated to hockey. Right, right. It's it's pretty amazing. Um, and Mike, so uh, <clears throat> what? Charity is the host charity for the for the tournament. So Heroes Cup Foundation um, is is our is our host charity, um, and from that, you know, we we also talk about what we do in terms of uh, you know how we support our teams and put the event on. Obviously, that's our signature event, and a lot of the money you know we're bringing in and helping raising is going to a lot of those allocated charities that our teams are going through. Outside of that, Heroes Cup as a foundation has mission to help you know help help those right help our first responders whether it be fire fire, police military looking couple three three initiatives is really something we kind of have been focusing on and that's cancer mental health has been um you know a very big growing issue for us and i think that's a space that the tournament fills both financially through donations but it also fills in the sense of guys need that weekend away and I'll, I can touch more on that actually later. There was a there was a pretty cool story that really kind of touched home in terms of host foundation what we do. Um, but the other part is line of duty death support. We've had a couple um, line of duty death support payments that we make every year, which always we never really know what to expect is, but has always been an interesting curveball. And I'm not just talking the firefighter who died, which obviously that's the case, but I'm talking guys who are directly related to the tournament, i.e if they weren't registered to play in the tournament, we've had previous players that were supposed to be playing pass away in the line of duty right before the tournament. We've also had teams uh, every year. We have a team who was one of their brothers. They had the, you know, lay, lay down right before the tournament. And I mean, that was in Worcester, um, both police and fire. That was down the Cape Cod. Like we're not talking across the country. We're talking very much near issues and people that are connected to the tournament. Ultimately, you know, we'll rally and help, and there we treat those on different case by case situations. But that was a uh, an avenue that I didn't really foresee happening in the tournament, and you know, it was it was kind of nice to be able to do those resources. But from the mental health standpoint of stuff, we're you know we funded a lot of programs uh, for mental health awareness and stuff. One of the things that we've we did from a mental health perspective that I didn't realize as much as from a hockey tournament is providing that platform for these guys to kind of have that escape, have that, you know, guy time. But what I'm, and, you know, where this story comes into play is I was talking to a good friend of mine who who, came, who is now a good friend of mine. And at the first, he started coming to the tournament and, you know, tells me, hey, Mike, I got to tell you this, this tournament saved my life. And I'm like, what are you talking about? We're just playing hockey. And he's like, no, no, seriously, it saved my life. I was, you know, in a dark place. And, you know, really um, questionable in terms of my mental health. And the guys I worked with knew about that. They they heard I was in a bad spot, came out and essentially kidnapped me. Um, had one of the best he says to me. And he says, right after that, I got home. You know, my mood stabilized. I went and got the help I needed. Like, I circled the calendar. I couldn't wait till next year. Like I learned that there's such a big network and support. Like really this, this tournament saved my life. It gave me something to look forward to and go through. And I'm like, it's funny how, how simple of a, a situation that is, but how 
impactful it is, right? Like you don't realize, you know, the situation yeah, someone's in until all of a sudden, you know, you call them and it takes just, just a slight push in the right direction to say, we're here for you, brother. You know, all of a sudden that turns into labor. Like people need that phone right. call. We've done this, you know, and like that, that was a story that still to this day, like gives me chills hearing it. There's been a lot of stories like that in the sense of saying, you know, every year we have some type of mental health component. Well, we were working with a organization that was doing some mental health needs. And they were at the tournament last year, and it was kind of interesting. One of the things they did at the tournament, they're kind of talking what they do, and one of the players actually had a you know, pretty significant breakdown at the tournament. And the dads were kind of able to pull them out, and they were able to get the guy the help and attention he needs. You know, the same thing with the guy who's on the ice getting – you know, ten penalties and fighting at everybody in the in the in the rink. I mean, that guy's anger issues. You know, and people are recognizing, it, seeing it. So, hockey definitely serves functions, but it's it's like the fires. It's a teamwork. I heard him. Yeah, the kids I played high school hockey with. Those are all my closest friends. I still have to this day. Yeah. Yeah, man. And like I said, I think like <clears throat> we're talking about the Heroes Cup is the platform here, but the, the overarching message is that brother and sisterhood and, and camaraderie and, and, uh, and obviously, like you said, mental health. And it's a, it's a, it's a hugely important thing to talk about in, in the fire service and in, uh, in the public at large, you know, there's such a stigma around it. Um, and, and having, having a tournament or having a, an event where you can have a bunch of type A personalities in there. And people are are okay with being themselves and and uh, talking about their issues or just having that good time or whatever it is 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 a huge piece yeah. of that and uh, I think it's great. Yeah, no I think doubt. it's great. So rumor on the street, um, if you want to talk about it, is this might be your last year, huh? Well, um, this this will be an announcement that will be coming at the tournament this year. I think. Um... You know, I'm I'm a, I'm a big believer in term limits, um, big believer in change of perspective. So, you know, put seven years into this, and the point where I'm ready to. At first, it was, it was my own, you know, mental health. I want to spend some time with my family. My kids are getting to the high school age. I really want to, you know, spend time with them before I, they're out of the house and I lose them. Right. So, um, I want to work with them on that. Uh, meanwhile it's time for a fresh perspective. It's time for a fresh look um, and go from there and see where we, where we, this tournament can go to. So, you know, I'm happy to pass the reins. And at first it was something I was, I was kind of sad about, but you know, I'm giving up my baby. Right. But that's not it. I'm, I'm sending my, my baby off to college, letting it have a wing of its own. And, and I want this thing to grow far and greater than I could ever imagine. I mean, I, I think now it's, we as a team have built, um, such a good foundation that I think ultimately this thing is going to take a whole life of its own that I can't wait to see where it goes. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Um, is there anything else that you would want to pass on to somebody that was watching this and say either was him and Han about trying to join this tournament or was, uh, was looking for, for a way to, to uh, bring that camaraderie and brother sisterhood back to their, to their own place. Anything you'd like to, to leave with anybody? Yeah, so my, 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 not just tournament, my favorite answer to everybody, and this is, you know, that, that I can relate it to that movie, the Jim Carrey movie, right? The Yes Man. But 
I challenge anybody to say yes. It's so much harder to say yes than it is to say no because yes, you can always do things. Well, when someone says they need to raise money and help out someone, I said yes, right? When there's a problem with the gear thing, I said yes. You know, when a teams want to say, all right, I want to be a team captain, I want to raise money for all this charity, you know, what, what can I do here? I don't know, it's a lot of work. Well, say yes because, yeah, it, it, it like, to me, the challenge of saying yes and seeing the road it's going to take you is so much greater than the saying no. I mean, no see nowhere. I'll use that answer right. through a fire service. I'll use it through anything I do, whether it be training on something new. Like, let's think totally outside of the box. Let's do something we've never done before. Like, let's let's go down a ladder head first. Let's do, let's do something crazy, right? Like, like all that stuff that now that is trained and done had to, had to start somewhere with someone saying. Why do we do it this way, right? Like, let's do something different. And, you know, I think that's the message I'd leave yeah. to anybody, whether it be the next director of the tournament, whether it be a team captain who's intimidated about getting, you know, corralling 18 guys to come to the tournament, which I don't envy that job. That job kind of sucks. Uh, but at the end of the day, it, it's a challenge. Yeah, it's also a rewarding challenge when, you know, you get all these guys, they have a good weekend, and you, you're at the end. Cool. So, yeah, I think that's, that's my message to my kids. That's my message to everybody. Take on a new challenge. Right? The worst that's going to happen. I love it, man. Yeah, that's a great it. message. It's a great message. All right, Mike. Well, this is a short one this week. Uh, Mike is uh, on the road at a hotel, gave us uh, a little bit of his time, and has another call coming up shortly. So, we're going to let him go. Um, turning, turning so, Mike, casino, thanks for coming on. Ready for a fire conference. Say that again. I'm at Turning Stone Casino in upstate New York for a firefighter convention. Oh, oh nice. okay. Nice, nice, nice. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, Mike, thanks for coming on. Again, I just want to highlight that uh, we are talking about the Heroes Cup Hockey Tournament that takes place June 9th through 11th uh, this year in Marlboro, Massachusetts. And while we, we're here talking about the tournament and, and, uh, and Mike a little bit, we're really hitting that overarching theme of brother and sisterhood, camaraderie, mental health, and saying yes. So, uh, guys, thank you for being on. Uh, we thank will you. catch you. you guys in two weeks for our next episode. And uh, that's it. Johnny? That's it. Appreciate it. Drop, drop, drop.